Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. This is episode 201, and I am pumped to have my guy David Carr back on the podcast today. Before we dive into today's conversation, this show is brought to you by our friends at Attack, A-T-A-C, Attack. Champions aren't born, they're made, and Attack is ready to help you get to your goals. Attack is where video game stats meet real-life training. You can download the app, work on your strength, endurance, mentality, agility, flexibility. This is a training app that helps you level up in all those areas. And as you go, as you train, as you improve, they give you a score, a video game-like score, where you have different scores for strength, a score for endurance, mentality, agility, flexibility, all these different things. Um, DJ Hamity of Wisconsin just posted his rating the other day. His rating's a 90. 88 in strength, 90 in endurance, 74 mentality, 99 agility, 99 flexibility. Super cool to see where different athletes stack up and where you stack up against some of the best wrestlers in the world, from Trent Hidley and Jordan Burroughs to some of the best youth wrestlers in the country. Download the Attack app, A-T-A-C, Attack. It's in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Follow them on social. They're A-T-A-C.app. Thank you to Attack. For sponsoring the show. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back with the 2022-2023 Gary Thompson, Iowa State Male Athlete of the Year, the 2022-2023 Iowa State Wrestling Team MVP, David Carr. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Awesome to be back on the show. Love listening to your podcast. Love listening to the great guests that you have on. And it's always an honor and a pleasure to be on as a guest. It's so funny because sometimes like we've gotten close over the years and I'm always nervous between like dirt. I was looking when you were on 2019, you were on in June 2020. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then like, no, maybe it was 2020. You were on in like June, then April, then April now July. So it's always around like spring, early summer that you hop on and it's fun because we get a mix of talking about last season, a mix of talking about the upcoming season. And it's nice because I never want to be a distraction to my guys and be like, hey, you wrestled Keegan O'Toole this weekend. Let's up on the podcast or the Monday <laughs> after, you know? So it, it's fun to do some of these episodes in the off season. And two, it's like when you guys are locked in, it's such a difference of having you on in the off season. It's awkward because like right now, like I was just talking about it with Bo Bartlett on the last episode. Like last season seems so in the in the rearview mirror, and next season feels so far away. But right. again, you were just on like last April or something, and it's like, dang, you and Aaron Brooks were just on talking about like NCAA's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so time flies. Um. First of all, what have you been up to these last couple of months? So this summer, I chose to just focus on training and uh, enjoy spending time with the team. 
Um, you know, we have a great team at Iowa State, you know, getting to wrestle with some new guys, some of the incoming freshmen. Um, so, yeah, that's been good. So, the few months I've been just training, traveling, doing a few camps, and uh, being able to do FCA, which is like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I do a few FCA camps where I'm wrestling, I'm sharing my testimony, um, things like that. So, yeah, busy, kind of a busy summer. It's not been too crazy, but mainly just in the weight room a lot. Um, in the weight room a ton and just getting stronger for next season, wrestling with the guys a lot just to get ready for next season. And uh, yeah, blessed. Can't complain. Uh, I've had a great summer so far. And if you want to watch that testimony, we just put it on your landing page website, go to carchamp, C-A-R-R champ.com, click about, and you can watch um, a testimonial video that Maryland FCA just put up, which was awesome. Glad we got that on the website. I'm curious your perspective on, you know, the off season. It's funny as a fan, I disconnect a little bit. It's nice to have that break. This next year is going to be intense as a fan, as somebody covering the sport. When we go from a college season into the Olympic year and you go right into the trials, it's going to be crazy for you. You know, I know a lot of the wrestlers, like we see the content, you're still in the room, but you're also disconnected a little bit. You didn't go to the open. You're kind of like scaling back for the summer a little bit. What is that process like where like me mentally you have to be 100 percent locked in during the season? What's it like in the off season in the summer for you? The off season is just a great time to like slow down, like you don't have time to you're not like getting ready for anything. So I can really slow down and dissect some different technical areas I need to improve on. I can slow down and enjoy time with my family, socially, my faith. I can always uh, sit back and get grounded with my faith. So the off season is definitely a nice time. I'm still training. I'm still lifting, but you're definitely like being able to kind of recharge. If there's a, if someone is, has an injury, they're kind of re, you know, making sure their body's good, re getting healthy again, some people use it in the off season for different reasons, but for me, it was it's a kind of reconnect, kind of uh, relax, enjoy training with my team, enjoy traveling a little bit, and uh, just to be fresh. Senior year is my last year, so I want to be uh, as fresh as possible. I want to be like hungry to wrestle, ready to wrestle, which I am, and so I've, I'm able to do that just because of the summer. I've been able to travel a little bit, train a little bit, and also just kind of disconnect from a little bit of social media. And as well as like um, kind of re-entering back into, you know, getting promote, promoting things, NIL, all those things you kind of have to start getting ready for as the yeah. school year approaches. Yeah. And it's fun to watch because it's like, you know, I won't see anything. And then all of a sudden I'll see something and it's like you in the weight room, you know, and it, it goes from like you in Costa Rica on a missions trip. And then all of a sudden, it's like a, a short little video of you working out. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's he's getting ready. He's not completely disconnected. So it's yeah. fun to watch. Going back, let, let's talk last season a little bit. So I, I think the storyline for you of last year, it's always interesting when you, you won an NCAA championship early on in your college career. Now you've had a first, third, and second place finish. And I feel like for you, and maybe I'm biased, you kind of have it harder than anybody this past year 
in my opinion, because 165 was a gauntlet. And I think I looked at Flo's like upcoming rankings with people who graduate and everything. And it's like Keegan O'Toole pound for pound two and you three. So I had said, and you know, a lot of people on the show, 165 winner of that, give them the Hodge if they're undefeated. Like that was such an intense battle at 65 this past year. And I think it speaks to your character of how you approach these battles with, with Keegan. And, you know, you seem to take that iron sharpens iron mentality. You don't take it. I don't want to say you don't take it personal because I'm sure anybody takes a loss personal to a degree, what you do in the wrestling room, how you focus on it. But publicly, I think you handle it as, as great as you can. When you look back this past year on that, you know, what did you and Keegan wrestle like three times, I think? Yeah. Which made me nervous, by the way, because I I said it to Chenzo, and I'm like, when you beat somebody two times in a row, who has the advantage going into the third match? It always makes me nervous. Going back, looking this past year for you, specifically your battles with Keegan O'Toole, how do you kind of reflect on that this past year? Yeah, one of the reasons why I went up to 165 is that I saw... Um, just a, a unique challenge for myself to get better at wrestling. And my goal is really the mastery of the sport. You know, I, I, you know, it's good to win championships. It's good to go for those things. But I figure if I focus on the mastery of the sport, getting better at wrestling, getting re- better at wrestling moves, um, getting people um, off balance, those type of areas, focusing on that, I know that that would ultimately help me get to my goal and the goals that I set for myself. So going 65, you know, and wrestling uh, a tool, that kind of just helped me get better at wrestling. So I, I appreciate the different challenges. Like I said, it's iron shoppers iron because, you know, you got another national champ at the way. Those things are going to make you better. It's going to make you sharper. You're going to get back in the room. You're going to always continue to grow. And uh, it pushes me. It drives me. Um, I think that any good wrestler knows that, um, a loss or anything like that, that's going to, it feels the fire and it, and it makes you very, very, very focused. It makes you very focused. So um, those challenges, all the matches that we had were very good and it definitely helped me get better a lot as a wrestler and also grow as a person. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, on one hand, it stinks to lose to Keenan in NCAA finals, but you know, I'm a storyline guy. So I'm always thinking about, stories and and how things play out and it is pretty cool you're a four-time big 12 champion and you pin keegan o'toole in the finals i don't care if there's only 22 seconds left in the match you pin the dude and it was like to to say you're a four-time anything with a talking success accolades is cool after that weekend did you have much time to really reflect on that or was it like Monday morning, it's, we got Tulsa in two weeks, we're going to go again? Yeah, I mean, after that match, um, I kind of went back and just worked on some little areas. Uh, and it's kind of just geared up for the last, you know, last tournament. You know, I kind of geared up. I knew that for nationals, it's a tough tournament. Like you said, the weight is loaded. So I wasn't really even focused on O'Toole or anything like that. I was just focused on just one match at a time, um, yeah. continuing to get wrestling, continue. How can I make some quick adjustments? It's a quick turnaround, and we're going right back to Tulsa. 
And uh, that was it, you know, just making some quick adjustments. Where are some things I can focus on and taking it one match at a time? And yeah. It's crazy because you guys wrestled three times in a month. You yeah. wrestled at the Iowa State Missouri duel on February 15th. Then you wrestle March 4th at Big 12s. And then you wrestle like March 20th or 21st, whatever it is, at NCAAs. That's kind of crazy. And for you, one thing that I'm sure I already know the answer to is how your faith helps you manage those highs and lows. Because you talk about a month like that where you're not only wrestling a guy like Keegan, you're wrestling guys like Peyton Hall who are hammers and they're awesome wrestlers. So like you said, you can't even just focus. This isn't the, you know, I make the comparison with UFC and stuff where, you know, this year was kind of interesting for final X where people had six weeks to prepare for somebody. In most cases, UFC is like that. You have months to prepare for somebody individually, unless you're Bo nickel, your opponent pulls out the last minute, you get a new guy last minute, go and knock him out in 30 seconds. But you can't just focus on one guy because you don't know who you're going to get in the semis. You don't know who you're going to get. So th there's a lot of just having to stay the course. And I know for, from you, from our conversations, both on, hair, on here and off air, how much your faith helps you stay consistently kind of grounded through that. What was that month like kind of trying to stay consistent? I would say, like you're saying, like my faith is such a huge part of who I am. And uh, I think I focus on that just as much, just as much as I focus on getting better at wrestling. I, I try to focus on my faith and knowing that my identity in Christ, it kind of just frees me up to be creative and be a, uh, a good wrestler. You know, I think sometimes wrestlers freeze up and you get, you don't get to see like their best self, even if they win. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, man, I could have did more. There's, I feel like I had some more skills I could develop and uh or hit out there and for me during that last part of the season i really just leaned on my faith and knew that everything happens for a reason and so i'm not going to question god's plan for my life i'm just going to trust it and so that was that part of the season sometimes gets stressful for some people for me i felt it was very freeing and just knowing that um i'm just going to trust in the lord and i'm just going to wrestle and have fun this is a sport i started doing because it was fun and i want to continue to have fun with it and continue to get better at it. And so that was even the focus towards the end of just continue to get better, continue to have fun with it, and continue to trust in, in God's plan. It's funny, too, you mentioned that because I almost got involved in a friendly back and forth between Tony Ramos and Shane Sparks yesterday. Love both those guys. They were talking about you get what you earn. And Tony Ramos had said it's one of the most overrated, overused quotes in wrestling. And Shane's like, yeah, but you you get what you earn still. And I agree to a degree, but I also greatly disagree because what you earn and what God's plan is for you are two totally different things. You might put in the work and quote unquote, get what you earn, but God might have something totally different for you or might or might be using something he might be using an NCAA final loss for a much bigger purpose in seven years from now or next season you know maybe God lets you lose so that next year you have a fire under you for the Hodge you don't know like the, there yeah. could be so many different things and it's like so to a degree yes get what you earn but at the same degree 
you also can't have your identity totally in that because if you start looking at yourself like, well, I didn't get that, so I didn't earn it, so I'm a failure. And I'm not saying Tony and Shane are saying that. I'm just saying you got to be careful as a young kid with getting your identity. Like I, I commented, I don't like jumping in between things on Twitter, but another thing I commented on this week was somebody saying that kids should be obsessed with wrestling if you want to be at the top and they shouldn't do any of their sports. And, and I couldn't disagree more. And, and I had kind of quotes me that right away with, listen, Jordan Burroughs never won Fargo. Nobody yeah. who won Fargo or even rest of the Fargo has won more world and Olympic titles for him. So it's not always one path. It could be the next great wrestler yeah. is a track runner is a football player, whatever. Um, so I try I not was, to get to go ahead. I, yeah. I think those are great points and how you're talking about. Um, it said something earlier. that made me think about Jordan Burroughs made this post about how losing makes you relatable. Yep, great and post. Great quote. The whole thing is great. If you haven't read it, it was super cool. He's kind of talking about his son, Beacon. And like for me, I feel like God might use like my lat loss to, to speak to so many people or, or to make me or be able to help me be a good coach. Like I know Metcalf, Metcalf has lost in the national finals before. And so when he tells me he gets it and that he's gonna do everything he can to help me um get to the top step of the podium and he knows how I feel. I know that's true. I know he's felt that pain. And I also know that he's a great coach and he's going to help me get to the level I need to get to. And so I think there's just certain things that you learn that you can't learn when you win. And there's certain things you learn when you win, certain things when you learn when you lose. And I feel like there's valuable lessons and I feel like God uses it in a spectacular way. If you don't think that God can use a loss in such a beautiful way, then you just don't know. I mean, you just don't really know um, the scriptures as well. There's so many difficulties in the scriptures of people who go through trials and tribulations and God uses it beautifully. And that's why I kind of trust that God's going to use it in a beautiful way. It's so much more peaceful to go through a trial or tribulation too. When you know that like when my, I remember when my wife and I had a miscarriage, we, we had said like right after, like it sucked. No, no way around that. But I remember us talking about how like this sucks but it's comforting knowing god's going to use this he's going to use this to minister to somebody else who maybe can't have a kid or who just dealt with loss so it does help you deal with loss defeat failure all those things when you know there's a bigger plan there's a bigger purpose than just an ncaa title a fargo title whatever it might be um so yeah it was a fun season for you do you have a favorite match this year it's never what it's never what I would suspect. So I love asking the question. Let's see. I feel like whenever I do camps, kids always ask me that. A lot of people always ask me favorite match. I would say. I honestly would say that. The Big 12 final with O'Toole was probably my favorite match of the year, just because. Um, either that one or the first one, just because like. There's a lot of hype around the match, a lot of people talking about it. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool that a lot of people tuned in and talked about it. And so when I got to wrestle them, and that match uh, was just kind of a back-and-forth battle. Um, and so was able to get to a scramble and to get to a cradle, to get the pin, to get the win. So I'd say that was probably my highlight, my favorite match of the year. It's just that Big 12 final. 
and to get outstanding wrestlers there. I thought that was cool. If you had to look back, is there somebody that maybe surprised you? Like you're like, dang, they're good. Like you had a couple of close matches. Um, Facundo, you beat 4-2. Peyton Hall, you beat 3-1. Keegan, obviously, you had a couple matches with. Was there anybody that, um, Wyatt Sheets, you beat 5-3. Was there anybody that you wrestled that you were like, dang, they really brought it? Obviously, everybody brought it, but is there anybody that sticks out in mind that, like, you walked off the mat thinking, dang, they brought it to me? No, I can't think of any. Like, I, I feel like clo- like close matches, it was interesting, but I wouldn't say I was, like, surprised. Yeah. It's more of, like, just an effort of, like, oh, maybe I can do a little bit more. And I, I will, like, like, one thing I do like about, like, the three-point takedown is that, if they do takedowns as weighted as it would be, it wouldn't be like those matches really, really wouldn't be close because I didn't really give up like takedowns or any scores like that. It was more of like, they just get escapes. And to me, I'm like, all right, well, I can wrestle on my feet all day. So I wasn't like surprised or like, man, this guy really like, I kind of know from just watching different opponents, like what they're going to bring. And I wouldn't say I was like surprised. I was just more like, okay, I can get on my offense a little bit more or do more. But I do think that, um, being at a tough weight, I do think that everyone has different unique challenges that they bring, but um, that's the fun part. It's kind of like a game. You just kind of figure out how you're going to navigate through your different levels of offense and defense. Yeah, and next year is going to be a blast for you. Your senior year, sixth year, do you feel like the old guy yet? Like, are you starting I, to feel? <laughs> I feel old. I, I hate it. I feel like the, I feel like the old guy. Cause I'm like, I feel like I've been in college forever. I don't know, six years. I honestly wish it was just five years without the COVID, but because of COVID, you know, six year. But um, I do feel like the old guy in the room, but not like old, but like I, I feel like I've been here for a while. So well, and it has to feel funny when, like, I was thinking about it and thinking, like, Marcus Coleman goes and, and gets a gets a you know coaching job. He leaves Iowa State, and it's like you start having teammates that you've been around for a while. Then it's like, dang, he's gone. And now, like, you start, I feel like incoming doesn't make as big of a difference as people who leave because you're not used to, like, a newcomer, great, whatever. But when somebody you're used to is gone, I feel like that's when it starts to make somebody feel old because it's like, oh, dang, they're gone. I'm still here. (laughs) People would leave. I'm just like, bro, like, uh, (laughs) who am I? So, um, Ian Parker, he left and he, He's actually coaching at, um, he's coaching at Virginia, and the like. I love being around him. Great Christian guy, someone I I looked up to. Coleman, someone that I trained with and have been here ever since I've been here. He's been here, and so he's coaching for Davidson with my brother. And so those guys that you know, I just really cherish those guys. It's it sucks when they leave because I'm like man, and I still got another year with some of these young young guys and some of these stallions, but. It's cool. Like we get some, there's some cool things about staying around as far as like seeing how much the culture has changed, seeing how much the team has changed. One of my goals coming to Iowa state was not only like individually be well, but to see the team prosper and see the team do well. And so I think it's slowly, we every year we've gotten better. Um, last year we took 11th at the national. So every year, every year we've gotten better. I think when we got here, we started off when I got here, we started off like, I don't even know, 45th or something like that. So it's cool to see 
how much Iowa State's changed over the years, and I'm hoping that it continues to get better um, this next season. Well, I was going to – one of my topics for next year was expectations for the team. You know, you're 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 one of the top guys in the country, you know, in the top three pound-for-pound guys in the country, and being a leader, you know, there's a lot of, hey, guys, let's go and do this. And there's, like – when, when you're setting the standard and there's guys around you like, oh, this is possible. Like David's been in the finals two out of three years. He's been in NCAAs. That says a lot. What are your expectations for the team? And how do you kind of plan on, let's say your expectation is to be on the podium. How do you foresee trying to help getting the team to that place? Because obviously, whether you're first, second, or third, doesn't make a difference from the team getting on the podium. That's a right. team effort. That's not a one guy. Hey, listen, I'm going to yeah. go win a natty and we'll get a team title too. Like that's a team thing. Yeah. What's your kind of expectation and uh, perspective heading into that? One thing I will say that I love about Iowa State and I love about the coaching staff, Kevin Dresser, um, Coach Dresser does such a great job of just I've just built a good relationship with him and he just has a lot of trust in me. And like when we're working together and working on technique or talking about stuff, I love that he does what he does a good job as a coach. He's asking like, Hey, what do you think the guys will like? Is this a good thing to focus on? And like, usually think sometimes coaches will just be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. Or dresser would be like, Hey, what do you think? What's your, what do you think about this? Do you think the guys will like going? And it's like small stuff, but I love that he does that. And he just really like, um, does a good job of just building us together, of building a culture of discipline, toughness. And because of that, I think you're going to keep seeing Iowa State do well. And I think this next year, because of the way he's able to lead the team and St. John, Metcalf, Fernando, my dad, they all just add that great culture of like, hey, if you work hard, you can get here. But you have to be disciplined. You have to be consistent. And when I look at the guys we have now, um, guys like Garrett Grice, he's here. He's a transfer from Virginia. Really, He's a really tough kid, uber talented. Um, we have a transfer from Clarion Felkamp, who's an All-American at 184, who's very tough. Um, Chittam, Cody Chittam, he's a new guy. He he came from uh, a school that on was, the other side. That was my <laughs> next topic. He, he came on the school from the other side. So, he, so like I said, these – these guys are here. They, they want to win, and they're here to win, and they're serious. And we don't know what the lineup's going to look like right now, but right from what I've seen from the summer, there are so many guys I could talk about that are so good. And that's why I think, you know, our goal is to win the Big 12. Our goal is to get a trophy at the Nationals. Um, will that happen? I don't know. Um, I pray that, you know, we're just all healthy and that we can continue to go towards those goals and see what happens. But that's like, I would say, like, those are the things that I want to happen. I don't know if they will, but I do know that we do have some stallions. We do have some studs and they have a great culture here right now. It's crazy, too, because I think most people, if there were betting odds, the favorite would be that you're in, at a minimum, the Big 12 finals and the NCAA finals. That would be the favorite for you, at least to make the finals. And what happens there, you know, we would see what the betting favorite or betting lines would be. But it's almost like your performance is almost expected. 
So if somebody's thinking about how Iowa State gets a team title, it's almost not like, well, David has to win. You almost, you put David in the finals, and then it's like, can this kid All-American? What could Panero do? What could these guys do? How will Chittum perform as, you know, getting his career started? There's a lot of question marks, and for you, there's, it's got to be more incentive. You're obviously always incentivized to help your teammates, but when you know that, like, if you're, if you're a guy who might not All-American, you say, man, I want a team title. I know if I go out and All-American, that's going to help the team. You're kind of already there, and now you got to look build up the guys around you. Speaking of a guy like Cody Chittum, flips from Iowa, the other side, to Iowa State. What was your reaction? Because I feel like he's a guy that he's a hammer. He's a good dude. He's now a great training partner. He's at 57, so he's right below you. You got a great training partner. What was your reaction to him coming to Iowa State? Yeah, I mean, I was obviously happy. Um, I think what I really like about him is he's he's a hard worker and just loves to learn and loves to get better at wrestling. So as a training partner, love it. As a just as a human being, the dude's goofy and very like likable. He bonds well and meshes well with our team. Everyone wants to see him do well. Um, I'm really excited that I like, I also like storylines. So mm-hmm. as far as uh, Cyclone, Cyhawk Duel, it's a good, I think it's a cool storyline just to see like what happens. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's cool. It just brings more hype to the duel. I think I want the Iowa State and Iowa Duel to be a big deal. I want it to be a lot of fun. I want people to tune in. And so I think that creates a little bit of a storyline. I think that's kind of fun, um, the way things shake out. But yeah, I think Chidham, he's he's really talented. I enjoy working with him. I'm going to actually be working with him a lot this year just because we're close in weight, and uh, I like his style. Um, so yeah. Let's talk about that duel, and hopefully we get a couple sound bites that in nine months or whenever it is, we can clip these, share them out, get some hype going. But it is interesting. WrestleStat has Iowa winning in their dual prediction, 16-15. One of the interesting things is 57 because it's Jared Frannick for Iowa versus Cody Shinnam for Iowa State, which if you were thinking last year, like if you were looking forward to the duel next year, nobody had Shinnam and Frannick as, as, the, as the two there. Now... Chittum, you might have been able to say, okay, but Chittum now, Iowa State, frantic for Iowa, 16-15. WrestleStat has it in Iowa's favor. Um, they have you getting an 8-4 decision over Patrick Kennedy. Now, this year, the duels, I believe it's at Iowa State, right? Yeah, it's at Iowa State. So you're smiling when you say that already. So this isn't the, this isn't the first time the thought has come into your mind. I I would say this is, I mean, I would say for sure. I feel like just it being in Ames, just it being at Iowa State. I feel like I mean we're gonna bring it when we're at home. That's just I feel our best version of ourselves. We're gonna bring it, and it's the Iowa duel, so we're already gonna be locked in. But. I really think it's going to come down to matches like those, like the 57s. It's going to come down to um, 
I mean, we'll have to see what happens. There's a lot of question marks on the weights. But yeah, that's why that 1615 too is like it's very, you know, up in the air depending yeah. on who wrestles sure. what weight. And- yeah. Who wrestles what weight, who they throw out there. You never know until the, the week of, you know, someone could get hurt and then you don't even know, like they might not wrestle. So, but I do think, I think it's going to be a close duel. Um, I think it's going to come down to um, some of the newer guys, like some of the new guys that come in, if they win a match, that's going to be huge. Um, and we'll have to see what happens. I'm definitely excited. That's definitely a duel that it's at Iowa State. I love that. It's at Iowa State, um, being that it's my last year. And like I said, Cyhawk is always super exciting just because of the rivalry, um, everything that goes into it. It's going to be a fun duel. It's going to be an awesome duel. I already, it's one of those things that as you look towards the season, especially given the storylines of the transfers this year, it, it's so crazy to see when you start. I forgot who I tweeted out. Maybe it was like, I remember it was Shane Griffith versus somebody else. And I'm like, who would have thought this duel is between Michigan and whoever? I can't remember who, who it was, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. One thing you didn't mention that I want to bring up, I had Dresser on the podcast because I loved how he, I loved how he handled the Southern scuffle. And I literally, I think I texted you right after, like, I got to have him on because I love his communication and I love his style. And I want to put a spotlight on guys like that, where right before the scuffle, he came out and he said, this guy's not wrestling His hurt. His foot's hurt. This guy's not wrestling. He tweaked his shoulder. David's not wrestling veteran rest. This guy's not wrestling. So on one hand, I love the communication. I was just talking to somebody. This is not a shot at Jaden Cox, but I was just talking to somebody yesterday, but I'm like, it's crazy that we're 40 days removed from final X. Jaden had to pull out at the last minute and we still have heard nothing from him, his camp, his club, like nothing. And part of it's because that's just wrestling. And Jaden's not a big social media guy. You know, you can see he's got um, a sponsorship deal with, I forgot the company, vitamin company or something. So like he, he posts every now and then, but it's like, there's such a lack of communication. And if you're somebody like Jaden and you're just not on social media that much, I don't think it's at the forefront of your mind. Let me go on and tell people I'm not wrestling or why I couldn't wrestle final X, but from an, from a high level, especially understanding marketing, the PR side, you always hate when you don't have that communication. And it's always missed opportunity because the bigger our stars get, the bigger of a audience they have to market wrestling to. So the bigger Jaden gets an audience, the more people who maybe they're MMA fans, maybe they're American sports fans, whatever they are, the bigger your audience gets, the more of an opportunity you can shine a light on wrestling. So I don't fault Jaden, but we were talking about it yesterday, a friend and I, and I'm like, it's crazy that this is just the norm in wrestling. So going yeah. back to the Southern scuffle, I love that dresser just came out and said, car's not wrestling veteran rest, you know, because, and I had put out a graphic like some people did. It's like, we could see car and O'Toole first right. of four times this year. And it's like, Obviously, the fans want it. The fans want you and O'Toole to go 17 times in a year. It's crazy. But from a communication standpoint, one, I love what Dresser was doing with the communication. 
two, what I'm curious for you is I don't think a lot of wrestling fans get that when somebody doesn't wrestle a dual meet, a tournament or whatever, I explained this on the podcast during the winter, but from my perspective, talking to some of these coaches, you have a lineup of redshirt freshmen, sixth year seniors and everything in between. So if you have a schedule that schedule for a redshirt freshman and that schedule for a, a sixth-year veteran look very different on who's actually going to compete. And yes, for you know NFL for these other sports, you don't really see it unless it's like preseason or the week before playoffs. But number one, this is college athletics, not not NFL. But number right. two, what is a great schedule for David Carr in his sixth year? might not be the same exact schedule that's best for Cody Chittum's development or for the team as a whole. For you, what's that like where you're talking with your coaches about, hey, I'm not going to wrestle the scuffle, or hey, we're going to rest you during the scuffle. Like, What's that kind of behind-the-scenes you know, curtain look like or pulling back the curtain? What's that behind-the-scenes conversation look like where maybe you don't rest or maybe you don't wrestle in the tournament because you're kind of resting up for the rest of the season. Yeah. So last year I would say that um, I think we had planned on sending a bunch of guys to go at the beginning of the year. And then as the year had played out, you know, we wrestled at some cool tournaments and we wrestled at the collegiate duels and we had Penn state, Cornell, Oregon state. We had a lot of good matches going in. And at the beginning of the season, we had Wisconsin. We had a lot of great duels. And I think, so Dresser just kind of, you know, like I said, I have complete faith and trust in our staff. And uh, Dresser kind of like, he like, he's like, hey, I'm going to give you the option of what you want to do here. This is my input. This is what I think you should do. And then you can take it however you will. You're, you're older. You, I'm, I'm going to give you the courtesy of picking what you think you need. Uh, now, someone younger like Pinero and some of these other guys, he might just be like, hey, dude, you're going, you're not going. <laughs> right. You're going, you're not going. I can yep. still tell why I think you should go. Hey, this is, I think this is why you should go. What do you think? You're still going to go, but you can tell me what you think. This, this is why, hey, you're, you're a little banged up right now. I know you love wrestling. You do not need to go to this tournament. Like, you need to rest your leg. Your leg's messed up. Let me get you healed up first. Let's get you ready to go. And so that's kind of like Dresser kind of operates of just like, he's, you know, he's going to, he's, we're talking about it. What do you think we should do? Things like that. And uh, we just thought it'd be a smart decision to um, rest, um, continue to work on skills, continue to get better and be fresh for the end of the year. So, um, well, th this season might be different. Um, we might go, we might not, we don't know how it's going to shake out, but that's kind of how that conversation went. He just was like, Hey, these are two options. This is what I think you should do. Uh, what do you think? You can. I'll give you a few days to think about it. Whatever you, you know. That's kind of how that kind of went about. And he's super honest. Like Dresser's an honest coach. He'll tell you. He'll tell people like if they ask. He'll just be like, "Yeah, this guy's. He, you know, he's a little banged up. We're kind of letting him heal up. Or hey, we need to do this here at this weight. So we're going to see what happens." Yeah, and and that's why, you know, for those listening, if you haven't listened to the Kevin Dresser episode, go back and listen to it. It was a great episode, had a lot of fun with him. But it's also, it is funny that like so many times fans assume if somebody can't wrestle 
and the matchup happens to be like if you go out there and you're wrestling a bum and you don't wrestle for whatever reason, nobody thinks twice. Oh, you're wrestling, you're sick, whatever. If it's a big matchup, it's oh, he's ducking him. Oh, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to wrestle him. And, you know, I have people that like to break my chops if like a Penn State kid doesn't wrestle in a random weekend. And but it's only if they're wrestling somebody good. If they're not yeah. wrestling, if Brooks sits out against a guy who's 0-12, I don't get a text. If Brooks sits out against a big school, it's obvious, you know, they, they look yeah. at it differently. But you have to look at it holistically from the athlete standpoint where it's like, listen, it's not always just a duck. Yes, there is ducking, 100%. There's no doubt there are some wrestlers who want to minimize damage control or they think like, you know, I'll I'll see them in NCAAs. I don't need to wrestle them now. For you, you're obviously nobody can say nothing because again, you wrestled Keegan three times in a month. For you, what's your perspective on wrestling a guy like Keegan so often? Do you just approach it like you want to get better? So the more times you wrestle him, the better you're going to get. I would say just you know, it's a wrestling. Like it's just for me, it's it's just a sport. We're just going out there, we're battling, getting better. I don't. I think you get. I wrestled. I don't think I missed a single duel last year. I think I, I wrestled like a full season. I didn't miss a duel. Um, the only tournament I missed that was on our schedule where we didn't really send me, send me, send me starters was the scuffle, but everything else, like I did a whole season. So I would say that, you know, the more times the better, I think it just gets you better at wrestling, gets you sharper. So, uh, and it's kind of like, depends on what the coach is saying. I think, you know, whatever the coaches, like I said, I'm very coachable, um, I, I believe what the coaches are kind of telling me, what Metcalf, St. John, Fernando, Coach Stresser, I kind of just lean on them. They've been through the fire. They've wrestled um, for national championships. They've wrestled on awesome teams. They know what to do. They know the blueprint. And uh, I think just going in there and wrestling, and if you wrestle a guy a few times, I think that's just you wrestle a guy a few times. But, you know, unless things change, unless the coaches tell me otherwise, I think that's kind of how things kind of go. I think that's just – organic do you have plans yet i know it's still early in the summer but i know they start somewhat soon do you have plans yet to potentially compete at the all-star classic um i don't know i know there's i talked to some people about it a little bit but i don't know if i am or if i'm not yet so okay that that was a great having you there last year. Oh, for you, your season. I was telling Yanni not too long ago that like both him and you, the way you guys started off last season, like you had Dean Hamity right out of the gate on to the actual college season. He had Austin Gomez, and you throw in the All Star Classic, those other stuff. It, there's so much excitement right away. Um, I'm curious for you, the NIL dust has settled a little bit. I feel like there's more hype right now around the transfer portal than there actually is NIL. And yes, they go hand in hand. Yes, there's kids being offered an insane amount of money to go to a school. But actual NIL, being able to work with brands, you had some posts with Casey's, for example, Gummy Bear Post. How how has NIL been for you as far as, you know, I look at guys like you, Bo Bartlett, guys that are like leveraging NIL, how it's, implied to be how has it been for you these past couple years it's been awesome i love 
being able to work with different brands. Um, one of my, like Spartan, uh, being able to have, be able to customize my own gear, um, seeing kids wear the gear, gummy bears, sweatshirt, shirts, like to see that, I just brings me a lot of joy. Um, working with different brands, um, like I work with Quarters, where I get the, you know, it's an apartment complex. I, I did like a deal with them. Um, I've done some different deals that have just been really fun and been really awesome. Like I'm really blessed and fortunate to be able to work with some of these places. I think the coolest thing is not even like my platform, but the coolest compliment I always, I think that I love to get if I'm working with the company is just like, they just like how my character is and my faith and how I handle myself rather than dude, you have all these followers. So they'll be like, obviously they'll see the followers, but then they'll be like, Hey, we like how you handle yourself. We really want you to represent this so-and-so. And so that's more of like, that's one of the favorite things I kind of like when I'm working with different NIL things is that like, they like how I handle myself and um, they want me to represent them. Because I think that's an honor. Like you're representing a brand. Um, you want to be a good representation. Yeah. And it's being authentic is what they love. And they want to see that you're actually representing them in an authentic way. If somebody were to present you with a lifestyle brand that you don't jive with whatsoever, it's like yeah. somebody who doesn't drink anything getting a beer brand right. ambassadorship. You know, not necessarily college kids, obviously, but like even athletes in their early 20s on the senior level, if you were to get a, a, a brand sponsorship that doesn't align with your brand at all, Nobody wins your customer. Their customers look at you like this is odd. Your fans look at you like this is odd. It, it's definitely it's so great to be authentic. Speaking of NIL, though, I did see uh, maybe we'll spark the rumor mill a little bit. I did see Gable was there a couple days ago in Iowa State. I mean, he's chirping fans about. Is he going back to Minnesota for us for another year? Is he going to go to Iowa for another year? There's rumors of insane amounts of money that he's being offered. What does David Carr know about Gable Stevenson's potential return? I'll text you about it later. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that on here. Uh, I'll. I'll say that. I will say that. Uh, yeah, I'll text you about it later. I, I will say that it was a pleasure to see Gable. Um, we were practicing um, at Minnesota. We did like a little practice there. And uh, yeah, the, the Minnesota staff, great people. Um, got to wrestle with different guys on their team. Got to wrestle around with Gable. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, it was a great time to catch up with Gable and what's going on in his life. He was telling me all the different opportunities, all the different things that he's He's working towards, and yeah, I mean, D Gable's a class act. Just such an awesome guy. He's a guy. smart, smart dude. He's Very young, smart. and he doesn't get the I'm the credit you. because he doesn't. And and he, if you know, you know. But like, if you can see what he's doing methodically, there's a lot more there than just good Instagram he's, photos. I'm, he's he's a smart dude. He's very smart, and I think he's he's very intelligent. He thinks about every move. He's very, uh, I don't know, it's definitely, it was awesome talking and catching up with him because he just, the way he thinks about things and the way he has a bright future with, with business, with people, he just does a great job. Even after the practice, 
Um, he was going around shaking people's hands, saying, hey, hey, thanks. You know, just so many cool things I got to witness when I was there working out with him and, and seeing him. So that was cool. I hope nothing but the best for Gable Stevenson. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I love watching him wrestle and dominate. So, Fun fact, we have a website for him that has not gone live yet that I would like to put live. I actually literally just DM'd him. Um, I was going to try to see if he could hop on this show, but it was so last minute. Um, switching gears a little bit. It's Fargo week. We had mentioned earlier about, you know, different opinions and perspectives on wrestlers being obsessed on wrestlers training and getting what you earn, all sorts of stuff. One thing I want to give you a place to maybe give some input. There's a lot of kids probably listening to this families listening to this. I get a lot of DMS from people that like they appreciate this show and they say like, as they're driving home from a practice from a tournament, the whole family listens to the podcast. It's always, it's a little, not embarrassing, but it's like, I don't like to hear myself talk. So to think of my voice playing through a car of like four five, six people, is just a funny, awkward thing I can't get used to. But there are probably people driving home, traveling home from Fargo, a lot of hearts broken. Fargo's biggest wrestling tournament in the country, if not in the world. And so obviously there can only be so many champions. There's a lot of people going back to the drawing board. There's probably a lot of people, sadly, in all sports, there's a lot of people who just kind of lose their self in the identity of performance. What is your perspective? What is your advice for kids who are listening, who just maybe got out of Fargo, or they're wrestling in maybe a different summer tournament? They're not quite where they want to be, and they're listening to this because they know you're a junior world champion, you're an NCAA champion, and like we were talking about, Earlier, losing is also relatable. You've lost. You've had a. You had a earlier loss a couple of years ago. You had a loss in the NCAA finals. So you've been on both sides of it. What would your advice be to younger wrestlers right now who maybe had a recent setback and they're not quite where they want to be? I would say uh, don't personalize your failure. Um, just because you lost, just because you failed, doesn't mean you're a failure. You know, just look at it objectively. Hey. My arm was out. I got hit with 10 duck unders. That doesn't mean you suck. It just means you got to bring your elbows in. So yeah. I would say some kids go to Fargo and they're like, ah, oh, I'm no good. I didn't place at Fargo. Well, I mean, dude, I can list a freaking um, thousands of people who probably didn't place at Fargo who are all Americans. Not a thousand, but I could list a lot of people. Even our coach, Coach Dresser, did not place at Fargo. National champions, I'm all American. Like there's guys, if you don't place, doesn't mean you're not going to be a great wrestler. In fact, I think that adversity just builds character, endurance, and it's going to help you in the long run. If you had a great weekend at Fargo, run with it. You know, you did some things right. Go back and look at what you did well and continue to build and continue to get better. Um, we had a guy, uh, Tate, Dr. Warren, dude, dude's a beast. He won Fargo. Happy for him. And he's going to continue to build. Great kid. Um, I believe he has great faith as well. So I would just say, yeah, if you're doing well, keep it up. If you didn't get what you wanted and you're all American or you, you didn't place, just use those things as learning opportunities. Look back at the matches. What can you do better? Like I said, focus on the mastery of the sport. How can I get better at the sport? Think about, Hey, was it something that I was thinking? Maybe I didn't have the right mindset. And then look into, okay, I had the right mindset, or maybe I didn't, maybe I was too nervous. Then look at the match. Did I take 
bad shots? Was my arms up? Things like that. And I think you're going to see a lot of good things. Good advice. Switching gears a little bit again, random, complete out of left field. But I had your Instagram is always funny because when you're you've got an audience of like 150, 120,000 people. And it's always funny to see like either celebrities or, you know, well-known figures pop in there, both in photos. You got photos with um, Steph Curry. I remember seeing um, Lolo Jones comment on your one of your posts, like have a good season, like such a wide variety. Is there anybody that's either comments or engaged with you that you couldn't believe like, wow, so-and-so is engaging in this because of my success? I would say the first one that was crazy for me, I think there's maybe one or two or three, but I remember the Iowa duel, the first time I won, or first time I wrestled, won my big match against uh, Kib Young. Um, he was ranked really high. I won. The next post, John Jones commented and was like, dude, good job. Keep it up. And John Jones is like, go UFC champion, all these things. Yeah. And I thought that was crazy. Um, I've talked over the DMs with different UFC fighters that I'm like big fans of, like uh, Usman. I've always I told him I always wanted to come train with him sometime. So maybe that will happen in the future. He he, I talked to him over uh, DMs. Um, being able to meet Steph Curry was really cool. Um, just being able to like talk to him and his wife and things like that. But I definitely think the John Jones one. I don't know why. I th I thought that was pretty crazy, and I think that uh. My sisters run track, so they're big track fans. So the Lolo Jones thing, they were like, I was like freaking out because I've, I've watched her run and I thought that was really cool. And uh, so things like that, I think are, I think those things are crazy because I'm just like, I'm just a wrestler. So like it's isn't it crazy. Like, crazy. Yeah. Isn't it crazy too? like how all of a sudden once you talk to somebody, how like I've never gotten starstruck. I met a lot of people from Jay-Z to athletes to whoever. And it's very cool. But after a while, after you like meet somebody it you almost are like, yeah, that's cool. But like, they're just another person. Like Kevin Jonas follows me and we engage every now and then about like technology. Cause he's a big tech dude. And I remember somebody who's a huge Jonas brothers fan, my sister-in-law, somebody like, could not believe that he was following me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like There's we were talking one day about technology. I'll say that one of the cool things, I don't know all of the people that were on it, but that a post that um, a little, it was like a real, I was talking about uh, just my faith in the post is like, I had the hundred percent Jesus had been on is NCA. Yeah. And that the interaction from that video was super cool for me. Cause I saw like all these believers that were football players, NFL, different um, actors, on Netflix and stuff for uh, commenting. I thought that was cool just because that's like, that was really cool to see that people had um, interacted with that and really resonated with what I said and like love that. So that was cool. And I, I love that um, it reached a lot of people. So I thought that was cool too. Yeah, I, I did see you just hit a million likes on TikTok, which is crazy. That's Thank you. That's that's a lot of likes. That's a lot of likes. Have you found a good balance of not caring too much about content, but also 
creating a good amount of content and, and having fun building a brand, you know, like NIL, it, it, we've talked about, like, it gives you more opportunities. You can't get lost in that, but it does set you up for more brand opportunities. And the more a brand can see of you, Bo and I were talking about it. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or when I was with them at final X. Like, it's like the more content you put out, the more brands can see, Oh, this dude uses our toothpaste. Oh, this dude loves our hummus. Oh, right. this dude uses our bike. This girl loves our skincare. Whatever it might be, like the more content you put out, the more opportunity you give. Like you have an NIL deal or you did with Casey's and you guys were dealing with gummy bears. Where do you think that came out? Content. Casey's yeah. didn't randomly ask you like, hey, what's your favorite candy? So right. it's like it's it's fun to be authentic. And as an athlete in your shoes to be able to, I say it's fun. It, it's fun because I'm a brand marketing guy, but it, it's a great opportunity to put out content that you have these opportunities to showcase who you are. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely, um, I, like Bo was saying, as you got to be able to balance it and you have to have a kind of like, you have to like care, but not care too much. Like you just have yeah. to like, is when you're putting out a lot, you can't be like nitpicky and things. You just have to have a good heart about what you're trying to put out and have a good message or enjoy it, have fun with it. And then you can't care too much about it. And I try to, I try to like put out more than I try to like perceive, like looking at too much media. A hundred percent. Either I'm scrolling and looking. Um, so I try to do that more um, because I think that's just, I just try to spend my time with different things, but I definitely try to put um, some content out and it's been fun. Like I have a lot of fun just putting out different things and enjoying it, like making sure I'm having fun with it and not, and not put into a point where it's a distraction where I'm thinking about it too much. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to do this. I think this will be fun. Um, I'll put that out. Is, is speaking of NIL, the Spartan gear, the gummy bear stuff. I almost put it on this morning, actually. Is that all still available right now? Can people go buy it? Yeah. So the gummy bear sweatshirt, and we're going to come up with some, some different um, designs and different things. So the Spartan, all that stuff is available. I have a link on my page on Instagram. I would love to support. I think that'd be awesome. Um, also, um, Yanni's shoe is super dope. There's a bunch of colorways. Go check that out on the Spartan website. Um, but yeah, those things are available. It'd be awesome for you guys to support and uh if you're listening to this and you have any questions or anything like that would love for you to message me and i'd love to try to answer those questions and uh also another thing is i love playing fortnite and like there's all these little wrestlers and different kids from all over and i love interacting with the younger generation playing fortnite and playing games so if you're into that too you can also message me i like to do that just to interact with different um young studs I'm going to have to get another gummy bear shirt, I think, because what I've been doing this past year is the apparel I love. I end up getting more than one because like apparel just isn't well made, like design wise, like it mm -hmm. fades quick. Yeah. So, like my first gummy bear shirt, I wore it a hundred times. Obviously, it's fading a bit. So the other one, I have one, the Spartan one that I've just never wore. Because what uh -huh. I want to do is I want to put up a bunch of shadow boxes in the office and I want to put like Roman did a shirt a couple years ago. It wasn't like a 
it was before NIL. He right. just like had some shirts. And mm-hmm. so I, I have one of those, the Yanni squirrel, I have some nuts shirt, your gummy bear shirt, um, a Jordan Burroughs shirt, some Jacob Casper shirts. There's some shirts that I love that I don't want to wear because I want them. Like I want to make something cool in my office. I, so I I'm going to have to get another one. I still got to send you. Um, I'm telling you one of these things, I want to be able to send you something cool to put up in your office. So yes, please. I will. Once I win something cool, get a bracket or get because we get the Big 12 bracket, NCAA bracket. So anything like that, I want to be able to send it so you can put it in your Listen, office. I'm going to put it right here because I have the shelf, but it's obviously the way my desk is set up. Like it's not right. It's it's hard to see in the shot. So, you know, it's up there. Those are WWE guys that have been on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, should- Jerry Briscoe. You need to have Bo Nichols send you like some signed UFC gloves and just put them up there. Yeah, actually, the Yanni Roman shirt are there. the The car gummy bears in, in in a stack of like shirts I'm about to wear, but the, every time I wear, I'm like, I can't wear this one because it's not worn yet. So I got to get another one that I can wear. Yeah, I want to get. I, I need. Actually, I wear this. I like to work on it, but I don't like working on it too much because I don't want it to get like messed up. Because yeah. I like. Wearing it just like if I'm if I'm going to a camp or if I'm doing like uh I like wearing it for interviews or different things, but I've worked on it a few times and then I was like, I don't want to work on it because I don't want it to be <laughs> it's a nice shirt. I want to like mess it up. Cause I because I shirts that kind of got mad where I, I worked out in them. I love them and then they're all you know, I know once with- you like sweat sweat in a shirt, it's just never the same. One of my favorite Bash Mania posts in the past year, I think was the photo of I I think it was the Cyhawk duel. That's you, you did the press conference in the Bashmania T. That was like one of the coolest um one of my favorite posts over the last year. And we had yeah, some cool content. Throw it on there for a different another time for interviews because we always do those. I always think it's fun to like um promote and you know I'm a big fan of, of the podcast and I love promoting and you guys do a great job. You do a great job. I appreciate that, man. I'm I'm excited for you for this next year. I I'm excited. I'm also like I'm at that point to where my relationships make things stressful because like three of the people I care about most got to be you, Chenzo, and Burroughs. And you guys are all going to be at 74 next year at the Olympic trials, and I'm going to be hiding in a suite. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like when girls sometimes get those shirts that's like, go football or something like that. Like go, go team. Like th- go those team. are, the, yeah, those are the things that make me nervous. But have you started kind of preparing for like, this isn't just your senior year. This is your senior year rolling right into the Olympic trials, like three yeah. weeks later. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's on my mind. I mean, that's something that I'm training for something that's on my mind for sure. And like, that's why I said, that's why it's so f- important for me to focus on the mastery of the sport, focus on just getting better, just continue to get better at every practice. And yeah, that's definitely on my mind. You got to be thankful too that you are at naturally in college on Olympic weight, because some of these in-betweeners, I just, I'm like, some of these guys at like 70 kilos, 61 kilos, I got to go up or down. It's like, oof, at least like 
I think 165 pounds is like 74.8 kilos. Like it's it's right there. That's got to at least make you feel good. That's one of the reasons why I, I moved up a weight is just to um, just so I could be better fitted for 74 kilograms. And it's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm lifting a lot and getting stronger and continue to build my my strength is because of the Olympic year and, and because of the 74 kilograms. So those are definitely um, some bonuses of, of being 165. Is there any shot you think you'd go down to 70 kilos after the Olympic year? Or do you think once you build up, you're going to stay up? What's 70 kilos? What's the weight for? Is it like 143? Good luck. How many pounds is 70 kilos? I think it's 43. 154.3. 154? 70 kilos is 154 pounds. I'm not going to say there's not a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's always funny. Joey McKenna just had a great tournament up at 70 kilos. And he's, you know, I look at him as like a true 65 guy. And he came up and he got a uh, silver up at 70 kilos at the, yeah. the fourth ranking series. So he, he looked good. I definitely say that way it's not casted out. It's not like you think after being up at 65, you, you'd make 54 somewhat joyfully. No, not joyfully. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not, not going to be smiling, eating gummy bears while I'm getting down <laughs> to 70 kilograms, but, um, <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, I don't even know if I'll do that. I'm just saying yeah. I would possibility. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never know. It's people also, you know, Roman, uh, Roman's going to be wrestling for Mexico and he's going to be dropping down to 57 for the Olympics. And I don't think if you asked him a while ago, if he would even consider that drop down to 57, because that's what. Seven. What's that? He's going 57 for it. Yeah, he's crazy. Which is 125 pounds. I know. He's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask him about that. That's actually, a, that that drop is actually, that would be interesting. I hope he, I hope he uh, feels good. Like, I hope he, hope it's a good weight cut. Because I know, I know 25, that's, that's going to be a cut and a half. Yeah. Be- we I got to get him on the podcast. Um, but yeah. Get him- you need to get him on. You need to message we, him. We were going to do an episode last week because we announced that he's um, – I love Roman. He let me announce that he's going to wrestle for the Mexican world team. So he's like, yo, everybody's about to run with it. You got to put it out first. I'm like, all right, let's go. So we put it out, and he competes like this weekend, I, I want to say. Is um, it this weekend? Or no, what is it, July 29th, next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend he competes. Whenever, either before or after he competes, you got to get him on. You got to get him on the pod. You know what was, you know what was cool about that. I don't know if you saw it. So I announced that he's back in action July 29th, and Uh that he's going to be competing for Mexico. And you know he's going to. I think he's competing now for 61, but he's going to be going down 57. And Dayton Fix commented, "Let's train," and tagged him. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's sweet. I didn't know that. That is very <laughs> cool. I think that's awesome. He within like an hour, like he was one of the first people to comment on. I mean, it makes sense. You're going to be you're going to be competing for different world teams. Why not train together? I love the humility in Dayton. 
Like, I love that. Like, yo, this guy beat me. Let's train together. You know what I mean? Not to have that ego or anything that could very well. Like, if I'm dating, I could have that ego or pride. Like, yo, this dude beat me. I want nothing to do with him. He's like, yo, let's train and tagged him. I I'm a I love Roman. And I would say that I, I am a big fix fan too. The way he carries himself and uh the way he wrestles. I like I like dating fix. He's he's a good guy. I'm close with his family and um close with Dion, his little brother. Those their their whole family is awesome. Love their whole family. Great faith, um, great people. Dayton is awesome. I I, I I'm not even that surprised. I wouldn't say I'm even that surprised that he did that because he's just. That. <laughs> yeah, Fix is a good dude. I've gotten to know Roman pretty well. He's been a client friend of mine for a while now. And he um, he's one of the best dudes. When you get to know him and his heart and the things he wants to do to silently give back and try to help others and you know not put the spotlight on him like. He is such a good dude. And because he's more shy and a bit more introverted, it's not out there as much. But yeah, yeah. Ro- Roman's such a good dude. Dayton's a good dude. Listen, yeah. the content alone of them two training would be great. No, not just means- them two getting better, but the content of they just wrestled in the NCAA championships last year, not like this year, but like 2022. Like, that's great content. Of course, getting better. A oh, lot of stuff to be excited for. All right, David, before I let you go, final words. What's coming up for you? What can people look forward to? I uh, just look forward to my last season. Um, I'll definitely be trying to put out some good content, some good things. Uh, keep an eye out for some gear drops and some things like that for Spartan and some things like that. I'm definitely excited for this last season just to have fun, smell the roses, and, and enjoy just competing hard. Um, and then after that, I'll be doing some senior level, just focusing on the senior level after that. So, um, yeah, really blessed, thankful for um, the opportunity, and grateful for everything I have, and excited to continue to uh, wrestle and have fun. I'm excited to watch you be the old dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like watching you now be the guy that's like, it's crazy to me that like, I remember when guys like you and Roman were literally like freshmen, are they going to start or they, not? They're going to start, but like, are they going to redshirt? They're going to this, that. Like, I remember that conversation, you guys coming to college. And now that you guys like Roman's done, you're on your senior year. It's crazy how time flies. Crazy. It is. All right, guys, follow David. He's at car champ, C-A-R-R champ he's also if you want more david carr which is a very obvious desire go back there's he's like three or four episodes he's been on before he was he's been on every year for the last four years um and they're all fun episodes and they don't overlap we try to cover different stuff every year so let's not wait another year though this time like let's maybe do like spring fall summer winter like we got to get to at least you know two a year this once sure. years, this once years is too much pa- time passing. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, David, we will speak soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure and to subscribe. Listen, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rockfin. Comment. Let us know how you like this episode. And we'll be back soon. Later, man.